from the entertainment capital of the world. I'm Christopher Calloway, and this is Creator Talks, the show where I interview writers and artists working in comic books and in other mediums. I have two guests today. I did not say who they were going to be this week because, well, I wanted to make sure this all worked out, and it did. Pretty Violent Creators Derek Hunter and Jason Young join me from Big Dogs Brewing Company in Las Vegas. They are here in Las Vegas this week for a signing at Maximum Comics at Centennial Hills celebrating the first issue of Pretty Violent being published through Image Comics. And I met them at Big Dogs so we could have a conversation about the book, about their career, some of the other things that they've worked on, particularly Jason Young's involvement in I Hate Fairyland. And I also asked them about things that they've learned about writing the hard way and things that they learned through advice. And then, of course, I kick back with the creators to learn more about them. It's not a very long interview. They had to go to the signing, so it's about a half an hour or so. And I do apologize for the audio quality. My microphones did not work. Thank you, Apple. Anyway, the microphone on the phone did work, and I've enhanced the audio so you can understand what they're saying. Because there is background noise. There are a lot of patrons in the brewery on Saturday afternoon. I thought the time I picked would be quiet between lunch and dinner, but it's very popular. And the beer is very good, by the way. I was enjoying peace, love, and hoppiness. But as for Derek and Jason, who are enjoying a glass of water along with me, you can hear them very clearly. No problem with their audio. It's pretty good. It's just you might not hear me as much, but what they have to say is most important. So please join me now with Derek Hunter and Jason Young. Here now on Creator Talks. Derek and Jason, welcome to Creator Talks. You guys are both from Utah? Yep. Did you call them together? Yeah. So I, I flew in from Utah, but he actually lives in LA now. So okay. he drove in. That's a heck of a drive from Utah anyway. Oh, so I've flown. So I mean, it would be a heck of a drive. Yeah, the last it's time I did, the last time I did it, my transmission blew out. So. <laughs> yeah, he was supposed to come down um, for the Las Vegas Comic Con a couple months back. Yeah, but his car broke down and in like uh, uh, what uh, Cedar City? City. Yeah, Cedar City, and then I had to like drive back to like 50 miles an hour. So of course, uh, it's terrible. Well, next year maybe. <laughs> it might be going next year. I was so, I was going to try to do it this year, but I had just moved here and I was here that weekend. Actually, one day, so I was like, well, next year. Yeah, it would have been too much. It was fun, but yeah, well, I hope to catch you next year. Yeah, I really do. But you guys are here for signing. Yeah, yeah. I almost said pretty deadly. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, uh, I think that comes out next month. <laughs> <laughs> it comes out real simultaneous. And it's a book that had already existed before. Um, yeah. yeah. I wasn't super familiar with it. Like, it was maybe like a little earworm in my brain, and then I saw it, and I'm like, oh well, our names are similar, who cares? <laughs> so, this we're not the first one. <laughs> I was practicing all night. <laughs> so it's all about Candle who wants to be a superhero. And she doesn't necessarily come from a family of superheroes, and as people read it, they'll find that out. And it's, uh, it's a pretty violent book. It's a lot of curse words, but it's cartoon violence, you know, I mean, it's not like, Terrible. No, it's like it's over the top, crazy. And um, what made you decide to make that kind of book now? Um, and so I work in animation, 
Uh, and I've been working on shows like Adventure Time and DuckTales and Pig Goat Banana Cricket, so like all these shows for kids. And I think part of the reason I wanted to make an over-the-top violent, crazy thing is because I do love cartoons and I, and I do wish they could push the limits a little more, and especially with my day job, just always working on kids stuff, kids stuff. Um, it's fun to push that, but also, I've always kind of been in the underground comic scene. They tend to be a little bit less concerned about marketability. And so in my brain, it's just like, oh, okay, so I'm going to make a comic that's super, super hyper-violent, uh, because that's my instinct, and that's what's fun to draw. Drawing contorted faces and, you know, eyeballs popping out of skulls and stuff. Like, it's always been really fun. Yeah, we were talking about it earlier, like, both of like, some of the earliest, like, radar movies we ever watched was, like, Robocop and stuff, and, like, just, and yesterday we were talking about it as well, though, like, we're just, like, I think our natural sense of humor is just, like, kind of lines up down there, and so, like, I think this is, like, the type of thing that we do, like, uh, yeah, like, we're... I, I don't know how... It's a natural say, progression yeah. from, like, what we've been... Because we've been writing together for, like, ten years. And uh, we used to write a book called Pirate Club that was put out by Slave Labor Graphics. And then you self-published. And we also self So it's just like, you know, it started out with kids kind of uh, being rascals. And then, like, uh, let's have them start killing each other. Oh, let's have them start, you know, like, uh, you know... Killing Santa Claus. And so it, was, it just ramped up to where now it's like, I want to tell a superhero story, but I gotta make it super violent. Like, that's that's a, a must. What are your favorite cartoons? Did you like things like Ren and Stimpy? That type of thing? I mean, like, I, I, I liked Ren and Stimpy. I, I always like the Ninja Scroll and stuff. That, you know, I've always said like, Can I get you guys anything? Are you doing okay? I'm doing okay. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Yeah, uh, anime, like, I don't watch a ton of anime now, but in junior high I was watching, like, Ninja Scroll, and Fist of Another Star, yeah. Vampire Hunter D, and, like, Akira. Yeah. It's a violent imagery. Yeah, yeah. Also, like, one of the cartoons I like, though, that doesn't necessarily fit in, but maybe it does, because it's, like, a parody, but it's a tick. I always love that yeah. noise. Yeah. yeah. I love the reactions. I love the reactions. Like the people that like I feel like we're not getting any middle middling opinions. Okay. It's like I hate this book. It's terrible. Or like this is my new favorite book. It's been the pick of a week in a lot of comic yeah. shops. And, yeah, yeah. Which I'm blown away by the response. The the shops have ordered it in quantities that I didn't see on the horizon. We you know, we've been getting fan mail and tweets from people who've read it and really enjoyed it. And neither of us were expecting this kind of reaction at all. At all. We're doing the second printing already. Yeah, yeah. I think they can cut off like September second or something like that. So by the middle of the month, yeah. And I guess probably timed around on the second issue comes out. I think they're gonna ship on the same day. Yeah. So September twenty fifth is when issue two comes okay. out. Two catch up if they missed the first one. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it's been really fun. So thank you guys for picking it up.
And I, I would just say the same thing. Like, I didn't expect the reaction, but I feel like I've heard so many positive things. I saw so many people who have no reason to like the book, like picking it for their prop displays and stuff. Yeah. So it just has felt really good. Like, well, let me you for something different. And this is like a superhero book, but it's funny. It's over the it's funny. It's, um, it's just off the wall. It kind of reminds me of a Monty Python sketch. Have uh, like you seen the one with the Sam Beckham Hall of Silent Days where having a picnic is like the gay 90s, 1890s? And oh no! It's like, do you want to play tennis? Yes, he throws tennis ball and rats him in the head and blood starts squirting out. Uh -huh. And then one guy's playing the piano and the piano with the door shuts and cuts off his fingers. And then it's like blood everywhere. It's like just totally. And I, at the time I saw it, I didn't get it. I was a kid and I was like, wow, I see it's supposed to be funny and just like crazy, but I didn't realize it was a parody of these ultraviolet. Movies, yeah, and, and like we grew up, like as far as comics go, I was 11 when, when Youngblood number one came out. So I grew up reading, like, Savage Dragon is like one of my favorite comic books of all time. It's still going, it's still going strong. I actually did a story in the 25th anniversary issue of Savage Dragon 225, I had a short comic in there, but um, so like we were reading Spawn and like. Child molester getting murdered like in the first four issues, and like Savage Dragons cutting bad guys up with chainsaws, and so yeah, like that along with like watching Robocop at like age eight, that was so different. It really, it really did set things up, and, and the parody just comes from I think just from, and I, I don't want to seem like our goals are too lofty or I think too highly of myself or anything, but. Uh, that's the caveat to this next thing. We've um, read so many superhero stories, and my art style wouldn't necessarily fit with something that is more traditional, like, you know, like something that Mark Miller would write, or something that, like, Jonathan Dickman would write, or something like So it doesn't fit that traditional superhero mode, so we had to kind of subvert it a little bit for it to not just seem bland. Or, or just run of the mill. So we had to make it weird. We had to make it crazy because of the way I draw. At least that was my thing. No, that happens all the time. Like when we think of something, like Derek couldn't possibly pull this off, <laughs> and so we cut it. <laughs> True. True. Jason, you also work on I Can Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, not, not like, ex like. Not extensively, like I was a part of like the yeah, generation and stuff, and then uh, Scotty, you know, went off and did his own thing. So. Yeah. So yeah. So a little background on that. I I was uh, laid off from a job, and I was working from home, uh, doing some freelance for different stuff, and I became pretty good friends with Scotty Young to where we were skyping like every day, and Jason just lived a few blocks away from me, so. He would just join us on these Skype conversations, and Scotty was developing Magic Fairyland at the time, and I was actually working on Pretty Violent, and it's very, very infant stages. So there was just a lot of like back and forth, back and forth, and Scotty and Jason just really hit it off. So about a month's worth of back and forth, and emails, and just like this idea could be mixed with this idea. So it was very much that Genesis idea throwing back and forth stage. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and then he decided, like, we were, yeah, we were working together, and then he was like, 
listen, like, I've worked with writers my entire career, and I want to start doing stuff on my own. So he's like, Can I, you know, I want to just take this stuff and go off with it. And so that's what we did. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah, I mean, and I, I like that project a lot. I think um, this project uh, has, like, some things in common with just, like, violence and comedy and stuff. And, uh, but uh, that project, to me, like, has a lot more, uh, well, I don't know how much I want to talk about it, but, <laughs> but, um, I do like the core premise of that, the core conceit of that property so much, like, uh, like, with, like, a little girl who, like, is, uh, you know, in a magical world, that, which is exactly what you think, uh, she, hates she wants to be, but then, like, the longer you deal with all that, like, cute stuff, like, the more annoyed you get, and I just, like, always love that idea. I wrote a book uh, some time ago. Uh, about Seth Fisher. Uh, he wrote about how he felt when he was younger. He was a small. Yeah, and you wrote a book. Which book? <laughs> more harsh on yourself. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What is the title of the book? Am I allowed to say? Um, yeah. I mean, I don't. I won't. I say I wouldn't say it. Exactly. Careful. And now, now once I retire, I'll go on. I'll go like full on post full housewife side because I cuss my crazy. <laughs> right, right, right. For now, I have to kind of watch it. You are allowed to say whatever you wish. So I wrote a book called Derek Hunter is a Fuck, my name being Derek Hunter. Uh, and basically it stemmed from going to comic conventions and just with my cartoony, kind of rated R Saturday morning cartoon stuff, I would go to conventions and I would notice that like every comic artist, independent comic artist, it shows like Abe or SPX or Mocha, like the small independent shows where you know, I kind of lived too. That my stuff wasn't resonating with people, and I was just kind of like talking to my wife on the phone. It's like, oh man, just I love it, but everything here is like autobiographical stuff, and that's just not my vibe. Like, it, like, and you know, I wish that I fit in better with this like independent crowd, and but it's like not my style. And she's like, well, you could just make a comic about how big of an asshole you are, and she was right. And so it's kind of a parody on autobiographies. It's just me talking about all the ways I was a horrible boyfriend and roommate in high school and college. And I actually look back on that now and I read it and I just cringe because it's like, oh, those aren't funny things. <laughs> it is pretty terrible, but, uh, you know, it's reflective of where I was at the time that those events happened and reflective of the time I was at when I drew it. And now I've moved on and become a better person, which we all cross our fingers happens throughout life where we can look at our 20-year-old self and just go, what's that? You're a fuck. That was the, like the takeaway of the end of the comic, right? Like, which is like, I've changed a lot. Yeah. 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 But I feel like me now wouldn't even draw that book. I'm like, yeah, I don't need people to know these stories. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of writing, it must be, at times, difficult being a writer and artist being kind of end up working on their own a lot. Now you guys do connect to people, Scotty, and Skype, and you're working in the same area sometimes. 
but how do you still manage to connect and not go? I know for some people, they, still, they, they, they can't keep up with it. They go like, I can't, I can't do this. I can't sit here for like eight, ten hours a day. Yeah. It's not for them. They find yeah. out that maybe this isn't for me. How do you manage to stay with it? Keep that interest, be able to. Well, that's why we work together. Okay. Yeah. Like, it gives us an opportunity I mean, to, like... one thing. You still have a lot of time to work on your own, though. I definitely think it is, like, dedication and stuff. Like, I know that, like, um, on projects, like, that I'm, like, pouring myself into, it's, like, because you just care about the project so much, you want to tell this story, you know, you only have so much time, and you just, like, sacrifice other stuff and, like, work on it. Yeah. And, like, my job right now is relaxed enough that like, I spend like two hours in the morning working on comic pages, and I just sit on the porch with my iPad and like have my morning coffee with my wife after the kids get off to school. So I'm just talking with my wife and drawing, and then I go to work, and I draw on the train on the way to work, and then I draw on the way home from, the from work on the train, and then after the kids go to bed, maybe I'll work a little bit. So I'm usually working like three to four hours a day tops on Okay. Because it's not my full-time job, so, um, but yeah, sometimes it can, initially Woody Brown started out as like a hobby, but then once Image Comics came in as a publisher, it's like, oh no, I have to like, this is not just something I do for fun, like I have to do it when I'm tired, or I have to do it when I'm not feeling well, so, and being isolated can be hard, but I'll just hop on Skype with Jason, or yeah. with Ryan Opley, or Scotty Young, Something like that. Oh no, yeah, yeah, no, I feel the same way. Like we're, but I, I feel like, like as far as writing though goes, I feel like even like when there's so many times like we meet and like we have ideas and stuff, but then I feel like we do have to like be isolated to like nail stuff yeah. down and stuff. You'll go and off and write the script. Yeah, yeah. we'll kind of like really like nail out almost page by page what happens in broad strokes and then Jason goes off and writes a script and then we meet again and like fine tune But to me, yeah, to me it's just like that isolation is just totally necessary because like whenever we're talking like this, we were in meeting earlier today about the project and stuff because we don't see each other in person that often and it's like, and that's just like kind of fun and like you get preliminary stuff but you don't like you don't like do all the stuff like that. Like the stuff you need like to be isolated for. Yeah, it's true. Now, are you working with Um, are you freelance with Derek? No, I mean just in general, you're a freelancer, or do you also have a full time? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I have like I have like a full time job in Salt Lake. It's super boring. And uh, and uh, and then I just then. All of the rest of my hours, uh, you know, talking about comics and writing scripts and stuff. And stuff. Yeah, and I actually, I never like, I used to do like uh, blogging and uh, work for websites and like local magazines and stuff, like doing articles. And I like, I really don't like doing it that much. And so then I just got a more normal job to do other than work stuff that's my own writing. Yeah. And like, or I just like, yeah, it's like comics. Is, yeah, like comics is the thing I want to write. And like, I'm not even, I'm not a very big fan of writing like essays and okay. stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. I, mean, I, I do the same thing where it's like working in animation. I used to take animation freelance all the time. 
But now it's like, I don't want to draw for other people. I want to draw for me in my free time. And it's kind of like a similar thing. It's like, he's not going to write an article for Slug Magazine, and I'm not going to do, like, a few little background pieces for, like, the Invader Zim movie or whatever. As much as I love all the people that worked on it and stuff, it's like, oh, I got to I gotta work on my own thing. i got to invest in myself. So. One thing that I do like doing, though, is, like, just being a sort of story consultant to, like, people around me. Oh, yeah. So it's like, when you have a different... So, like, we have a community of artists and stuff that meet up, and, like, when they're working on projects, I like looking at them and, like, kind of giving them... Uh, not advice. I don't... I'm not smart enough to give people advice, but I just, like, my ideas and stuff, and so, like, I, I don't... That doesn't mean that I'm freelancing or anything, but I do, like, kind of, like telling people what they're doing. <laughs> well, let's talk about advice. And as writers, artists, what have you learned the hard way? What was something that got pain, the struggle, but you learned something that is learned the hard way? I think there, there's a good lesson that I learned this week that I was going to like have this like teary-eyed like Twitter rant about that I didn't. And it was, it was just that like, <laughs> I told you about it already, but it's just that like critics do not matter. Please focus and, on him yes, during this conversation. <laughs> and, and, fans, and fans mean the whole world to me. Like yeah. I love hearing what people think about things, and I hate hearing what people think who are forced to read something who aren't seeking it out. I see. And uh, and like and the, and it just means so much different things to me. And like uh, and I never really had that big of a taste of it because. With I Hate Fairyland, it wasn't the same way, and so like this is kind of my first taste of it, where I felt it was like more personal and stuff, and uh, that was my big takeaway. Do you have another example? Uh, I mean, not to shit on critics, but they sort of purpose. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple of things that I've learned fairly recently is uh, I spent too much. Like I've always wanted to draw comics since I was like ten. I spent way too much time learning how to draw and not learning how to write, like, concurrently with each other. Okay. I would say around age 30 was when I realized, like, like, I feel like I have a good intuition for writing, but around 30 I'm like, oh no, I should really, like, spend more time writing my stories. Because I would always, like, write a first draft and be like, oh, that would be fun to draw, and then i just draw it. Okay. And then when I got to the end of it, it wasn't as satisfying. But with Pretty Violent Issue 1, I think we wrote like five or six drafts of Issue 1, and like really, really like tried to find exactly what I wanted to say, and how I wanted to start a series that's going to start this way and end this way, and there was a lot of pushing pieces and all that stuff. So just learning how important writing is, which sounds dumb to say, but like as an artist, I really figured that out. And then, then I like... I tried to do Pretty Violent by myself for a very short time. I was like, oh, this isn't this isn't working. So I went crawling back to Jason. I do. Like, I guess, like, yeah, I have, like, similar lessons, like, where it's, like, I think you, I mean, like, the, I, like, people throw, like, 10,000 hours to master stuff. And I just feel like, I, I don't know if I believe that just because it just feels like we're always learning. Like, and so you're, I don't know, you, like, 
it just it feels like I learned more this week than I did last week, and you just keep building. I think that's it. I, I, so I, I don't know, they're just a billion lessons. Yeah. Well, that's a good one. And it's anything I write for work or whatever, I, know, I always say it's the first breath. Yeah. And I'm not happy until I'm like on the third or fourth breath. Yeah. You know? Because there's like things you just say, oh, I can do that better. I have to kind of sit back, walk away from it, come back and say it again. And oh, it didn't sound right. I'll change it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, sitting like setting something aside and coming back to it is yeah. so crucial to the process. And besides like showing it to somebody else, say you read it. Yeah. Tell me, does that make sense? If it's me, I gotta step away from it. I'll see words in it that are not there. Yeah. And I'll, I'll think that flows and like that doesn't flow. What am I saying? I don't think you know. But what was somebody else doing that thing? Right. Now is there anything that you learned that somebody taught you that saved your time? Like a mentor or just somebody that you looked up to that imparted a, a lesson upon you, some valuable knowledge that actually did save your time in that relationship. Well, for a number of years, I, I shared a studio with uh, Ryan Hopley, who's doing Amazing Spider-Man right now. Yep. And so I would be drawing my mini comics and my fanzines, and then also doing like freelance for like, Disney and all that stuff. So I was working on like real paint and just worked for fun. And you know, we would always be looking at what each other was doing. Ryan is not shy about giving you an unsolicited critique, which is great. So he'd always be like, "Oh, you wasted so much time drawing that crowd. You could have like, you could have like set the camera between two buildings, and then like you would have saved yourself a lot of time by drawing these big buildings with like a little crowd in the middle, and then the reader's brain would fill in the rest of the crowd that's." hiding behind the building. So just a lot of stuff about composition and how to lay out your panels like a director. So that so that yeah, yeah, so that you're not wasting resources. Yeah. Okay. Right, that's really good. Um, okay. Well, like I I actually don't know if I've been answered. They're really good, so you don't need them. I think it's you've never a, needed a mentor. It's, 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 not, it's, it's not being as good or anything. But I think that uh, to me, like it just looks like writers' processes are so different from each other. But I don't know if anyone shares like the same processes. And like I've always been a tremendously slow writer, but somebody who's like really dedicated. So like Spencer writes scripts, like our colorist, like he writes his own comics, and he writes scripts like faster than me. Like when he's writing them, same with you. Actually, yeah. you're a way faster writer than me. I think that's actually why we don't do so much. You don't do good things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't. So that's like why, like, remember, like, this isn't an argument or anything. Like, remember when you were like, you were like telling me, you're like, write this, write this. And I was like, wait a second. Like, that's because of, like, I'm just such a slow writer. Like, you need to think about everything before I type it. And, uh, I don't But that's, like, the moral of the story to me is just that, like, different people have different writing styles and stuff. And, like, I have mine. It works for me, and uh, nobody's talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> now, you guys are on tour, so you have another signing next week. You're going to be in California, is that right? So, just me. Oh, just yourself, okay. So, yeah, I've got a signing in New Hall, California, which is right, Magic Mountain, Six Flags, okay. right there. Yeah. Uh, and then we're both going to be in Salt Lake City at Fan Expo. First week of September, yeah. and then and then we're going to be doing another signing in Salt Lake like two weeks later, twenty first. 
The 21st? Um, Nerdstore in Valley Fair and Yeah. And, uh, and then I'll be at Black Hat Comics September 4th with Philip Seaman for his book, Priya. It's coming out from Dark Horse. Dark Horse, yeah. Okay. Now I have some questions I've asked all my guests. I call this kicking back with the creator. We've been doing that. Good. We can kick it back anyway. Yeah. But this is the rest of each of you. Think about these. The first one's very easy. What do you like to do for rest? Relaxation. Are you first? Because I actually feel like we're both the same about this. It's like, because like we we, <laughs> we actually talk, so like we went on big. I went to uh, his <coughs> house last week, and we just worked the entire time. It was like the busiest week of our lives because we were just riding like twenty four hours. But that's so fun. But that was yeah, yeah. fun though. It didn't feel like work. We went yeah, yeah. so like we went to Vasquez Rocks, which is where they shot like. Captain Kirk fighting the Gorn. Oh, yes! So we went to yes. Vasquez Rocks and just hiked for like three hours yeah, yeah. while writing. And we just like plotted out like an entire, I, I mean like, that's seven issues, like six issues of a comic. Yeah, yeah. And, like, and I was just typing on my phone, yeah. like, okay, oh, what if we do this? And we just typed, and then the next day we went to Disneyland, because I work for Disney, so we can get it for free. So we just went to Disneyland and we're writing while waiting in line, at the rides, and we're for free. Well, it's a good perk. It's a good perk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm one of the designers on uh, DuckTales, so right. So I'm at Disney TV right now. Okay. Yeah, we just worked yeah, yeah, literally right. for like four days straight while you were at my house. Yeah, yeah. But I'm a dad. I've got three kids, so like, I like to go on bike rides with my family, go camping. Uh, but there's always this weird pull, like. If I'm not working, I'm wasting my time, which I'm trying to like sort through because it's not—it's not a healthy mentality. But like, we only live one life. I want to get as much stuff done as I can, right? Yes. So, yes. <laughs> I, I've been actually like—I guess like you reminded me, but yeah, I've been like doing a lot more like like running on my own, like in the mountains or whatever, and like just—but like even that is like just like a like. While, while you're isolated again, like you just start thinking about stories yeah. and stuff, and so it's <laughs> just like two, and you just yeah, think yeah. Just, I just pop into your head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 so it's like four idea generation. And I love watching movies. I think both of us are movie fans. Huge, yeah. yeah. And uh, so, so like that's like uh, something you do to relax, but at the same time, like I think when I, well, whenever I'm watching a movie, you are like thinking about your own stories or just storytelling in general. And, like, Getting, I don't know, yeah, yeah. like being a part of the building up your uh, creative well. You're finding new pattern yeah. recognition, like it's like in storytelling, it's like, oh, they led from A to B yes. that way. Okay, cool, that's, that's, a, that's a nice thing. Taking it apart. Yeah, yeah. What kind of movies do you like to watch? What are some of your favorites? Oh gosh, I mean, like, usually when I'm talking about favorite movies, I break down by like director. Okay. So it's like, Scorsese, Paul Thomas Anderson, yeah. uh, like Tarantino, like the, the, I mean it sounds so basic to say, like those are like super popular ones, but this is a stupid question to ask right now. Oh, I'm don't do it. <laughs> have you seen Phantom Thread yet though? Oh, have I seen it yet? No, cut this out. Okay. Um, <laughs> but like one of my favorite movies okay. of all time is MacGruber. Um, it's the stupidest comedy of all time, but it's one of my favorites. And then, like, Magnolia was, like, my other favorite, just because it's got a ton of monologues. And I just like a, a nice, well-written scene. And that's, like, 
start to finish, that's all that movie is, is like writing, 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 writing. I kind of, I, I actually am kind of like a movie snob a little bit. Like I like more than me, more so. I like so like Woody Allen is like one of my favorites. Pedro Almodovar, um, like Ingmar Bergman, yeah, Martin Scorsese. I like Darren Aronofsky quite a lot actually. And then yeah, Paul Thomas Anderson. And so yeah, that's those are my favorites. Now this question, this is fans love this. What is your favorite birthday? And why was it your favorite birthday? That is a good question. It's a good one. Okay, so I hear yours. So like, I'll I'll make it not. It's not going to be a childhood birthday. I'll tell you that much. No, no, it will be. No, this is not a good reason though, because I I just don't celebrate my birthday or anything. Most of my family's not really in my life or anything. But like when I was eleven, my parents like took us to this like kind of like gaming place or whatever, like that has like mini golf and like arcades and like basketball. Yeah, yeah, for Calvin. And then my and then like it wasn't a surprise birthday party or something. I was probably eleven or twelve or something. And but then like I remember like when I looked at the cake, it was like the first time I'd seen it. It was like hamburger. <laughs> and I was just like, why would they want? Why would they think I want a hamburger birthday cake? And then that's the end of the story. <laughs> Wait, was it a giant hamburger? Was yeah, it, it was a like cake? it was the like shape of a hamburger. It was like a giant, like fake, yeah, like hamburger okay. shaped cake. Okay, I thought it was just yeah. a big hamburger. Like we know you like burgers <laughs> so yeah. instead of a cake. But that's a, that's my best memory. Um, my birthdays are all so great. How could I possibly? Um, uh, I mean, like, you'd think it would have to be like a kid birthday, because that's like when you care when you can't buy presents for yourself. Right. So it's like, oh, I remember this. But I get older ones too. Yeah. Um, I also hate celebrating my birthday generally, but um, you can cut out all this long spaces <laughs> while I think of the answer um, because I do like the question. I want to give it the attention that it deserves. I mean, my favorite was like my 30th birthday when I went to go help a friend at a comic shop. And it was fun because I like comics, so I'm kind of like recommending books to people. And then when I come home, surprise, birthday party, and there's everyone there, and they're like, got on VHS video tape. Yeah, so that was, that was... The big monster camera. Exactly, exactly. So it was, it was surprising to me because... I was having a fun time that day just doing what I could do, and then there's a big party, so that was kind of cool. Yeah, um, I'll say, uh, I think it was my 30, I think, it was my 34th birthday. Uh, my wife just, I was, I was working at Cartoon Network at the time, and like every, every day leading up to my birthday for like two weeks, the receptionist would call me like, hey, Derek, you have something, you come down to the front desk. And it was my wife that dropped off like uh, cookies that she made in the shapes of our, my wife's an artist too, so she made cookies in the shape of our heads and like decorated them. And like the next day it was like a giant Reese's peanut butter cup that she'd made like this big. And like one day it was like a bouquet of like different fruits and stuff. And like, I think it was just because she knew I'd been really stressed out. She's like, oh, I want to make this birthday special. So, like, for two weeks, she just gave me a bunch of different presents. It was cool. It was cool. It was really nice. There's another one to take you back when you were an adolescent, 12 years old, 14, somewhere in there. 
think back, picture your bedroom. What posters or pictures did you have in the bedroom wall? Savage Dragon. I had a, a giant poster that I got at WonderCon, probably like 90s. Whenever Youngblood 6 came out. So like it was a big poster of like all the characters from like Youngblood 6. Um, Nintendo Power centerfolds, definitely. Um, the Bash Brothers poster, because I grew up in the Bay Area. So it's like, gotta have that Mark McGuire. Jose Canseco poster, and, you know, just like, oh, I had a poster signed by John Romita and Stanley of, like, Spider-Man uh, hanging above a bunch of, like, his Rogues Gallery. It actually, is it actually they signed it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You still have it? Yeah, it's framed under wow. my under my childhood bed at my parents' house. Yeah, so cool. I should bring it home. <laughs> and, like, uh, I, I did the Nintendo Power stuff, too. Yeah. Like, and I remember like the Hulk poster and like Vampire Hunter D. And then I remember having all the Ninja Turtles stuff too. I was like completely obsessed with Ninja Turtles. Yeah. For, yeah, when I was young. So, the kids were all Yeah. The kids were all into that. This is a hypothetical situation. You've probably heard this kind of question before. It's a tough one. You're stuck on a reserve island. No lights, no power, no super luxury. You can have one book. I'll say a set of books if you want to read. Okay. This is the one book you want to have with you. I mean, this is just for fun. This is not survival yeah. tactic. This is just something to read. I'm going to say a comic book just because that's what we're talking about today. Yeah. Uh, probably the Scud, the Scud the Disposable Assassin okay. the Shebang. Yep, yep. Yeah, that was like my... That, reading that for the first time was a huge turning point in me deciding what kind of content I wanted to make. Like, what kind of stories do I want to tell? Because it's so wild and crazy. I'm like, oh, you can do this? Like, you can make comics this weird? And it really, like, flipped the switch to make me realize, like, oh, I can pursue some of my weirder ideas. Uh, I, I, like, at first I was like, what's the first thing that pops in my head? And then I was like, what is the most boring answer? And then I was like, which one should I give? It's the and same then, book, But it's probably. the same book. <laughs> <laughs> and it's an uh, origin of species by Charles Darwin. <laughs> um, I love I uh, that book. It's, it's totally useful. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're a big reader, right? I get it. <laughs> this is another hypothetical. Maybe? Could happen someday. Image Comics says, we want to make an action server of each one of you. What's your accessory that says something about you? Slurpee cut. Slurpee cut? Slurpee cut. I used to have a Spider-Man. My dad got this thing at 7-Eleven. Yeah. It was Spider-Man holding a Slurpee. It's a big cardboard cutout. He says, how much for that? And he paid for it and brought it home. Man, I needed a dad like that. <laughs> My accessory is like a hat like this. Like, yeah. the one time I thrown one house party. And I gave out hats like this for everyone to wear. Really? <laughs> so like everyone could wear my same hat. That's so cool. <laughs> I wasn't invited. It was in Utah. And after I moved, I get it. Yeah. Now, if you had looking back at your life, do you have any regrets? Anything you would do differently? Some people would say, "No, I, you know, I am where I am because of what I did, and here I am, and I'm happy." But is there anything you say, "I would change this. I would do this a little differently." I, I, yeah, yeah, I, and this, yeah, I just would have tried harder 
younger because like I realize the more that like we've like gotten what we have and like you see like what's coming next and stuff it's all the result of hard work I think yeah and so like I would have just started working harder and mine's very similar to that where my first comic book series 15 years ago was Pirate Club through Slave Labor Graphics nobody gave a shit like it came out and it landed like a wet fart and and it was really devastating because I was really proud of it and I worked really hard and and I took it too personally like oh no one cares I guess I'm just done okay it's very disappointing so you're just like oh, that's fine yeah so so I just basically was like alright I guess I'm just gonna do it for fun and not really show anyone and I think that I I uh deprived myself of learning opportunities by not trying it's like well this one failed but the next one I'm going to write better and I'm going to draw better and I'm going to submit it to publishers and the next one's going to do good and I kind of let myself get tripped up by my own perceived failure I would have studied for the GRE's Harvard that's yeah. what I would have yeah. done I know you have to get to assignment yeah. I yeah. appreciate the time you spent with me today oh yeah this is pretty violent. I'm looking forward to more of it, and if people want to have fun and a good time, that is the book to look up. Because hey, people love it or hate it, and you can't ask for better press than that. Yeah. Nothing in the middle, no wobbling, love or hate. And yeah. A lot of people love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, thank you very much. Thank We're glad it's doing well. Thank you so much. Appreciate the time. Okay, once again, I apologize for the audio on that. It's a little more difficult interviewing two people on location versus one, so there were some adapters that I used that were not compatible, and that's why we had the audio issue. However, going forward, I'm going to correct that with future interviews. I expect nothing less than the best quality when I put these interviews out, although this one I did not edit when I do the live ones on location. I'm just going to let the audio roll. But the ones in studio that I do will sound much clearer, of course, and will be fully edited. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed the content a lot, and I hope you enjoy the book, Pretty Violent. Derek and Jason couldn't have been nicer and more accommodating to meet with me. And again, I want to thank them for their time, and I hope they enjoy the rest of their book signing tour. Coming up next week, I have two guests. One is returning, Caleb Palmquist. And also with him is Greg Anderson Elise, and he contributes to the anthology series, Modern Mythology, The Hero's Journey. It's a Kickstarter. It is now underway. When we spoke, it wasn't underway yet, and it didn't have all the stories in the anthology, but it is complete, and it is being kickstarted now. So you can check that out before, or you can check it out next week when I have that interview posted for you to listen to. If you like mythological stories and you want to see some modern takes on some classic mythology stories, well, we're going to talk about those. And since it's Greg's first time on the show, he will answer my kicking back with the creator questions. In the meantime, this podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, voice-enabled smart speakers, and on YouTube plus Spotify. Oh, and by the way, the video for this week's podcast with Derek and Jason on Pretty Violent That will be on YouTube in a week or two. Meanwhile, you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CreatorTalksPod. That's at CreatorTalksPod. There you can see my Saturday Silver Age and Sunday Bronze Age comic books from my collection. Comments, questions, you can reach me through email. Contact at CreatorTalks.com. That's contact at CreatorTalks.com. I hope you enjoy the comics you picked up this week on New Comic Book Day and any back issues that you found. For Creator Talks, this has been Christopher Calloway. Until next time.